listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show. This is episode 122. Yes, 122 episodes of Rainmaking content. I can't believe we've done this. I started this two years ago thinking, well, this will be my pandemic project, but, you know, we've got some momentum. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this. As you know, this doesn't really serve one industry. It's for B2B sales and professional rainmakers, those people that are in professional services more than any, that can learn how to sell their services. You've got to know how to sell your services and treat your practice like a business. Otherwise, nobody's going to buy from you. And that's what it's all about. I mean, it's about so much more, of course, but the business of getting business is the focus of this show. Our guest today is Eric Fletcher. He's been on the show before, and he's always got great insights to share. Eric has a unique perspective in consulting to professional services organizations because he's worked as a former chief marketing officer and also an advertising agency director and broadcaster. He has more than 35 years of experience designing and implementing communication and go-to-market strategies for large global accounting, consulting, law firms, and other professional services firms. He's also trained and coached more than 2,000 professional service providers. Our topic today is the need for a target, and this is something that applies to everybody, so make sure you take a good listen to my interview here with Eric Fletcher. Make sure you also check him out on the show notes. I've got all of his contact info there. You can connect with him directly on LinkedIn. As always, if you have a minute, I'd really appreciate a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. When you get a minute, if you could do that, I'd appreciate that. If you hear some great things from Eric, mention his name. I know he'll appreciate that, and I will as well. Thanks again for listening. And as always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And now here's my conversation with Eric Fletcher. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. We've got another guest who's been with us before, Eric Fletcher, management consultant specializing in marketing to law firms. And today we're talking about the need for a target. Eric, thanks for joining me on the show. Scott, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate the invitation and uh, look forward to the conversation. Yeah, me too. And it was great to meet you in person at a conference a few weeks ago. I think finding people like you that focus on legal is helpful because everybody has to find a niche when you find people that want to get to know the same people, but for different reasons, we come up with great ideas. And and I like the fact that you are focused on legal and most of the people I'm talking to are as well. But even if somebody's not specific to legal, they still need a target in terms of their marketing efforts. So let's start with some definitions. You talk about the need for a target. And what do you mean exactly when you say a target? So, you know, clearly it depends. There's arithmetic that comes into play. Your budget, uh, I mean, if if you're Coca-Cola, your target is different than if you're Eric Fletcher Consulting. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, (laughs) And we're working with considerably different arithmetic, right? So at the professional service level for lawyers, accountants, people that provide this professional service, when I talk about targets, I think... You need to know who your ideal client 
is. And now the target's a little bit broader than that, but if you'll allow me, I'll just, it starts with, can you create a profile of your ideal target? That may be who do you most want to work with? Where do you have subject matter, real deep subject matter expertise that differentiates you in the market? It may be around an affinity. I might've mentioned this uh, before, Scott, but Mm -hmm. I have a lawyer friend who is a real estate lawyer and his practice is 100% working with golf course designers. So, so he coupled his an affinity for, uh, for golf courses with his profession. But it could be that the target could be, it could come from a number of different places. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, this sounds simplistic to say, and, and uh, I hope it doesn't sound as condescending as I think it might sound. If you don't have a target, if you don't have a target, then you're really just waiting for the market to come to you. You you sure don't have a strategic plan and a strategic outreach plan, and you're hoping that everything else you're doing brings a target to you. So I think of targets as ultimately, can I tell you precisely who my ideal client is? Who can hire me? Who will write the check? Now, the target discussion is a little bit broader than that. Right. And let me, that, let me get to the target discussion in a second. So I wanted to kind of drill down a little bit more on this because I think that we can go pretty deep on this. Mm-hmm. How deep should somebody listening to this go in defining their ideal target? Let's just say you've got a corporate transactional M&A lawyer. Should he or she look at industries or several industries? Should they look at titles? Should they look at, I only want to work with C-level executives of privately owned, family-held companies that are graduates of the University of Texas. <laughs> how deep yeah. should it go and how narrow should it go? Yes. So my bias is that any target's better than none. So an industry, I want to work with healthcare professionals. That's better than not having any target at all. Mm-hmm. But that is so big as to be difficult to act on. So how do you reach the healthcare industry, right? Right. If you've got the budget, uh, then maybe you can resort to conventional advertising, but you get, that's the question. So the more specific, the more you can drill down that I've got consultant friends who talk about niching down, mm-hmm. the more you niche down to ultimately who's going to hire you. Right. You know, this Scott, a person is going to hire you. It's going to be based on trust, based on a relationship. So the best target is a name. I would like to work with Scott Love. Scott Love is my target. Mm. So you would actually give them a name. Would you create it like uh, like different personas for different types of targets? Yes, great question. And when I get to the name spot, that that's oftentimes where I, I fall down on the job because just because you don't, you, you're not going to know the name of every target, right? right? And you may not know the name of any ideal target today, but the closer you get, the point is ultimately you do need to know a name because ultimately you're going to have to interface with a person. So I want to start with what helps me hone in on ultimately finding a name. And that can be an industry. It can be a size of a business, the number of employees, you know, it could be revenue size, location could be defined by, by region or locale. Any number of things can go into that. Obviously, your subject matter expertise, the area in which you're a subject matter, that would play into it. But let me pause and just say, did I answer? I feel like I got into yeah. a bit of a rambling string there. You want to ultimately get to a name, 
but don't feel dismayed if you don't have a name today. Because what you want to get to is, so I might know that I want to work with people in the legal recruiting industry. Mm -hmm. That's a good, broad target. Now my challenge is, how do I continue to drill down and get to the Scott Loves of the industry? When you say a name, Eric, you you mean an actual name. I want to get like a client, John Smith, who you've done deals with before. I want to get more John Smiths. That's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. Just about any rainmaker I know, if you talk to them long enough, tell me if if you have a different experience, talk to them long enough and they will tell you, I get most of my business from referrals. I get most of my business from people that uh, have done business with me and refer me to someplace else or repeat clients. So it's a trust relationship. This is not new. We all know this. So if that's where you get your work, then the quickest way to get to work is to know who my the name of my next ideal client. That's great. So let me ask you this. You, you talked about the target conversation. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So yeah, and I, that may not be a great way to label it. We touched on it slightly because the temptation, and here's, here's where I sometimes fall short of giving a good explanation. The name of the target, Scott's name is my ultimate goal. But at the same time, I don't want to focus on only hiring authorities, where I really change the arithmetic, where service providers really change the equation in their favor, is when they when their ideal target. So I think in terms of two types, this is a better way to put it. Number one is hiring authority, and number two is what I call allies. These are people that are already connected to my ideal target. Often your your allies will help you identify. I may not know Scott Love today, but my allies will help me identify that Scott's an ideal target. So when I have the client profile, that includes a profile of the people that are another way to think about allies is people who are already connected to the people I want to work with. I see. And what what are examples? Like their accountants, board members that they're on, club members, things like that? Yeah, in philosophical terms, think of the people who have the same kind of hiring requirements that it would take for you to get hired. They have to be trusted. They have to have a good reputation. They have to deliver an ideal, an excellent work product. So, for example, uh, Will's an estates lawyer. His allies may be certainly be CPAs, right? Financial planners, people in the financial planning industry. Allies might be people in uh, trust departments. Right. Do you get the idea? So if those are my targets, I want to make myself valuable. I want to create visibility, make myself valuable, even make myself indispensable to them in their service to you. So if I find the people that you already trust and I can find a way to be indispensable to them, which often, stop me if this gets too convoluted, which often (laughs) means... I help them serve you better. Back to my estate planning example, the estate planning lawyer goes to his allies in the financial planning field and says, let me do complimentary workshops or seminars for your top 20 clients. You get the idea. But it changes the arithmetic completely and it makes the numbers begin to work in your favor. So what are reasons why people don't take the time to think about this? What have you experienced in the past year? <laughs> well, targeting is hard. Number one, I'm, I have a fear of 
yeah, I, w- I want to work with Scott for sure. I want to work in the in the recruiting industry, but I don't want to miss out on potential work in uh, manufacturing. Right. <laughs> or right. and so I try to speak to every conceivable audience. That just the unwillingness or the difficulty in zeroing in, put a stake, putting a stake in the ground and saying, I'm chasing this target. That's the biggest reason. There are things nested into that reasoning that, you know, come from I don't really know what my ideal target right. looks right. like. You see this with associates in law firms a lot. They've come up in a firm. They were dumped into the tax section, practice mm-hmm. section in a firm. And maybe some strategic reason, maybe not, but they haven't really thought through what do I want to be when I become a partner? What do I right. want to be when I grow up? And so they, how can you have an ideal target? But those are the two big reasons. Just the, I'm afraid I'll miss out on other opportunities. And then just the difficulty. I died. Nobody ever really told me I need to have a target. Yeah, right, right. I can see both of those being issues for people. Yeah. So tell me about a time where you worked with somebody and you don't have to mention their name, of course, but maybe they were reluctant in doing this. They finally spent the time to do this. And how did that improve their situation? Yeah, boy, that, I could give you dozens. I'll go to my estate planning lawyer example because that is a real example. She, the lawyer worked, folk, her target was high net worth individuals. Right. And she did high net worth estate planning all things succession planning for closely held you know family companies that well that's a difficult target if your hiring authority is the high net worth individual sometimes that person is extremely difficult to get to right yeah. Yeah. very difficult to get an audience with so she began to to look at allies and went to financial planners to CPA firms and created, she created, this is several years ago, she created a short keynote presentation on uh, tax implications for high net worth individuals of some specific law. I don't remember what it was. And just said to the CPA firms and the financial planning firms, I'm your person. I'll do this anytime, any place for you. Uh, put me in front of your the clients you uh, no need the help. And it's my service to you. Well, what the end result of that is ultimately she gets a client or two every time she makes a presentation because yeah. the audience says to the financial planner, I need to know a little bit more about this kind of trust, that kind of trust. And the financial planner turns to the lawyer. So is that helpful? That's great. I think that's a great example. When do you or who do you think people should talk to as they're thinking about this? Obviously, people like you, consultants, if somebody's thinking, I really need to kind of figure this out. Should they look at talking to their clients? Should they talk to colleagues? Who should they talk to to really understand where they should be focusing? Yeah, so, boy, there's so many different ways that that, so many different answers to that question, depending on where an individual finds themselves. If you have a client base right now, I would, dialogue with your clients is invaluable. And it can be, depending on the nature of your relationship, it can be as easy as, hey, you know me, we've worked together for a long time. What do I do that really resonates with you? What do you like that I do? Where do you see that? I mean, typical kind of client interview questions. Mm-hmm. And if you, based on what you know about me, anything I ought to be looking at that I'm not looking at right now, that's one area. The other area that can be helpful is if you're in a firm or an organization that has 
business development profession, people who have specialized in their career in the idea of growth, organic growth, business development, sales, they can help you walk through identifying targets. They can ask the questions. A good coach can ask you a series of questions and pretty quickly help you create an ideal client profile. So those are a couple of ideas. That's great. And so if somebody does this, they talk to their clients, they talk to their firm's BD people, other people that know them and their practice very well. And they said, I'm going to get real clear on this. I'm going to stop chasing all the butterflies around me and going in too many different directions. And I'm going to focus on this core area because I know I can make money there. I know I can get business. I, I can create a name and I'm going to march forward and I'm going to be an enthusiastic champion of this niche and these people. And my problem, Eric, has always been enthusiastically marching in the wrong direction <laughs> or too many directions. <laughs> and, and years ago, I, I would have two different businesses that were totally unrelated. I had a training company and I was doing legal recruiting and it was like riding two different surfboards. And I had to decide, what do I want to do? And I got, I sold the training business just to focus on this. And I don't look back. I don't regret it. And so I yeah. think that when people say, I'm going to focus on this niche, I'm going to get clear on this target and they walk forward and it works. And they absolutely see they're getting invited to sit on panels of certain Mm -hmm. trade association conferences. They're getting people in the media of that industry niche and the blogs reaching out to get quotes on events that are happening. And they're getting people to ask them to come in and chair a conference. I mean, they're, they're getting a name. Should they continuously go back and redo this? Should they review this every year? What do you think? How often should they go back and kind of assess their current strategy? Great. Great question. Great insight, Scott. That I'm going to go back to where you started with your tea up there and say, one, prior to identifying your targets, now this is, this is maybe a little esoteric and maybe two thirty thousand foot, but I'll toss it out anyway. Years ago, I'll tee it up this way. Years ago, consulting with Ernst & Young, ENY had a process that they put key clients through whereby we asked we worked with clients to create a future movie about their business. Mm. And the exercise is simply just to say, what do you want to be when you grow up? So individual service providers, step one, if I can get people to step one, I, I want to say, what do you want your practice to look like a decade from now? Right. Get to a whiteboard and map it out and dream a little bit, be audacious. You know, what do you want your practice? Are you, are you going to be happy where you are today? Or do you aspire to something that looks a little bit different? Once you've done that, now you, when you back it down, I back down to 36 months and then, okay, what do I have to do in a year to realize those benchmarks that are set in my future movie? Yeah. Uh, for 30, 36 months from now. So you are always, now to, to get to your question, you are always revisiting that yeah, because yeah. you're always looking at how am I doing in my, my 10-year plan? Am I on track? Have I changed my mind? Have my aspirations changed? Have my interests changed? And so you're always tweaking, but at the your base level of operation is always who do I specifically need to be connected to? Yeah, because I can see there could be a new vertical. There could be a sub-niche where all of a sudden there's some sort of regulatory issue Absolutely. that creates opportunities. Absolutely. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Eric. So yeah. for the people listening, kind of 
summarize this in terms of three action steps they can take to really get started on this. And I liked how you were talking about that, about the steps you would take with your clients. What do you want your practice to look like? But what action yeah. steps could they take to really get started building this, uh, this criteria of a target? Yes, I love your three steps. So step one <laughs> is write a profile for your ideal client. What does your ideal client look like? If you know the industry, if you know the type of business, if there are revenue constraints that you don't want to, you don't want to mess with people under a million dollars or whatever, but write a profile of what your ideal client looks like. Then that's the hiring authority. Mm-hmm. The second step is profile the people who are most closely connected to your hiring authority. What do yeah. they look like? What do they look at like? Where do they hang out? What do they do? What are their interests? What problems do they have in serving your hiring authority, right? Your target hiring authority. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is to uh, map out in, and I think in terms of 18 month or uh, in terms of a six month stretches, you want to map out 18 months of pursuit of that ideal target. And what do you have to do 12 months from now? To realize that 18 months, what do you have to accomplish over the next six months? Now you've got your business development plan. Yeah. My business development plan for the next six months is to reach out in X ways to the people that are connected to the Scott Loves in, in my industry. That's great, Eric. This is fantastic. And I really appreciate you being on the show again and bringing this, these ideas. Uh, tell us what you do in terms of your offerings. What would you like our listeners to know about what you can do for them and the services that you offer? Well, first, it's it's just I really enjoy the conversations with you. So it's a, always a pleasure and, and hopefully Absolutely. Uh, it's helpful to your listeners. And I work primarily with professional service group leaders or leadership teams mm-hmm. to identify uh, frameworks for growth, frameworks for stability, and uh, frameworks for succession, which I lump into the stability conversation that help them realize their aspirations. That's fantastic, Eric. We're going to put all of your contact info and your links and your LinkedIn bio link. We'll put it on the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to Eric, just go to the show notes here. And Eric, thanks again for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for your wisdom and also your friendship and for giving so much information to our listeners today. Thanks, Scott. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.